This is Matt Raj, fourth generation owner of Community Coffee. My great-grandfather named it Community, just out of appreciation and respect for his friends and neighbors. And for 100 years, our family has been about two things, great tasting coffee and great people. And as America's number one family-owned retail coffee brand, we believe it's our responsibility to continue to give them the best tasting coffee experience possible. And it's why we're excited for you to discover your new favorite blend. Look for Community Coffee at a store near you. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. I used to think about immature things. You know, like, do you love me? Do you want me? Are you going to call me like you said you would? Is this really your real phone number? After we hit the club, baby, I'ma hit them draws. Yeah, I'ma break you off. And that's all. Every freak should have a picture of my d- on their walls. Polo be, don't vote be the click, yeah, just for my, my dogs. Yeah, gangsters, hustlers, wasters, busters. Wait a minute, minute. Bitch, boy, selling that. All the maters want a check. Tight, no slick, just bought a Cadillac. Callaway. Okay. Connecting the SWAC, the MEAC, SIAC, and the CIAA. The HBCU experience lives here. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Callaway. This is the HBCU Report for Saturday, January 18th, 2020. Rob Calloway back at it again. Thank you guys for tuning in. However you may be listening, either via Spreaker.com, iHeartRadio, or the TuneIn Radio app, know that we really appreciate you guys because, as I always say, without you, there would be no HBCU Report. Don't forget, check out our content partner. When we're not here, we're there. There is SportsNewsAndBrews.com, your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. Also, make sure you follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HBCU Report. Man, how y'all folks doing, man? You know, Happy King Weekend. That's right, Happy King Weekend. I was telling folks at the job, man, it is unbelievable. All the great folks, all the great black folks that have come through American history. Dr. King's life really did matter. Clearly it mattered. We don't have a Malcolm X day. We don't have a Tupac day. We don't have a Barack Obama day. We don't have any of those, but 
thank God for Dr. King. That's why we able to sing, scream Fila forever. I love Atlanta because of Dr. King. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. But definitely happy weekend to you guys. Um, for those of you that, that are off Monday, uh, yeah, you got to be thankful. You got to be thankful for King, man. You got to be thankful, especially, you know, being here in Atlanta. You know, um, it, it's just unbelievable. Uh, I was thinking about actually trying to do some community service Monday, you know, to kind of give back, you know, because what they say about King Day, and I need everybody to pay attention to this. What they say about King Day is that you're supposed to take a day on and not a day off. So, I mean, there, there, that's that part. There's that part. I uh, hope you guys had a great week, man. My week has been um, fast, heavy, and hectic and hungry, if you will. I was telling you guys last week that uh, I was doing this uh, 12-day um, fast. It's the Elijah fast, or also known as the Disciple fast. And uh, it's a 12-day fast from uh, midnight to 4 p.m. The only thing that you can consume is water and natural fruit juice. And uh, first few days, first week, ooh, it was it was brutal. Uh, because of, uh, as you guys know that that listen on a regular basis, I'm I'm actually in the process of uh, training for the New Orleans Rock and Roll Marathon, which happens in uh, just a few weeks. February 9th is uh, the date for the marathon. But um, man, I did the fast because I'm trying to I was trying to prove something to myself, you know, that all things are possible, right? And I ain't trying to start preaching in here, but I just want to prove something to myself. Sometimes you have to do that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? You got to step out of that box and and do some do some stuff that you normally wouldn't do. And so uh, the fast ended yesterday at 4 p.m. And uh, the God and his truth is, man, I feel like a soldier, feel like a soldier in the army. No, I'm playing. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's amazing what I've been able to do. I've been able to uh, complete this fast and not um, slack on my training. Haven't missed a day of, of training. Uh, you know, I had to reschedule some long runs and short runs, just mix them up a little bit. But um, I haven't I haven't missed a workout. And so uh, all things are definitely possible. So I'm proud of myself about that. Yes, I am. This is the HBCU Report. Uh, welcome into the show. Rob Calloway hanging out with you uh, on a King Day weekend. That's right, man. What you guys got going on this weekend, man? Jump in the chat room. Let me know what y'all got going on this weekend. Um, of course, we got some NFL football coming up. No, everybody's excited about that. The conference championships. The only thing about that is that next week, things are going to be dead. And then after the Super Bowl, well, you know what? We have the XFL. I keep forgetting that the XFL is uh, right around the corner. So maybe we won't have like a serious drop off and uh, in football action, because, of course, around here in the south and, and most places, people, man, people will watch football year round if you give it to them. You know, not so much about baseball. And speaking of baseball, how about these uh, the, the the baseball scandal going on right now? Totally not HBCU related, but man, man, out there stealing signs. But you know, baseball is one of those things, man. Baseball is the sport where they really cheat. Nobody likes to talk about it, but baseball is the one sport where the whole phrase, "If you're not cheating, you're not trying." Oh yeah, it definitely fits into uh, baseball. I mean, this is unbelievable. I mean, now they're going back telling on folks from the 80s, even though technology, you know, here in the last few years is far more advanced than what could have happened in the 80s. But still, man, this is unbelievable. This is almost about to be a a bigger scandal than the juice, because at least we knew they were juicing. We could look at him and tell, oh, my God, he's on roids. This is unbelievable. Uh, But at any rate, oh, and you know what? Uh, Before we really get into the show, um, don't forget. Uh, you can uh, go back if you missed last week's show and uh, relive relive that show. That was a great show last week. Uh, we had Earl Air Harvey, former quarterback, North Carolina Central University, as well as uh, the legend, Coach Joe Taylor, joined the show. They are two members of the Black College Football Hall of Fame class of 2020. And so that's what, you know, we've been doing the last few weeks is spotlighting uh, the, the members of the, the class of 2020. And so today is no different. We're actually going to be joined by the commissioner of the MEAC. Yeah, we talked to him a few weeks ago at the Celebration Bowl, but, uh, you know, we had to get him back on the show to talk about uh, being inducted into the Black College Football Hall of Fame, Dr. Dennis Thomas. Now, what a lot of you might not know about Dennis Thomas is that, um, like, this dude's footprint 
it 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 is vast. You know, he's the commissioner of the MEAC, but I mean, he started out. He's a SWAT guy. He went to Alcorn State as a teenager, like a young teen, and played football at Alcorn. He coached at Alcorn under the the le- legendary coach Kasem. He um uh was the the head football coach at South Carolina State. Then he went to the Hampton to become the athletic director while Hampton was in the CIAA. He actually uh, moved Hampton from the CIAA to the MEAC, or he was, you know, part of that, the move. Uh, then he became the uh, commissioner of the conference. And one of the biggest thing that, that he's done, or one of the biggest things that he's done is actually spearheaded this whole celebration bowl thing that we have uh, to crown the uh, FCS HBCU national champion. And so, uh, this dude's footprint spreads far and beyond just the MEAC. And so uh, he'll be joining the show today. Very excited about that. He's one of the brighter minds in all of HBCU sport. Really, not just HBCU sports, but all sports. Because to be able to have the kind of foresight that he does, and, you know, you got to look up the man's bio. He did some phenomenal things as athletic director at Hampton. And, uh, you know, like I said, he is more than worthy of being a member of uh, the Black College Football Hall of Fame. And so uh, we'll talk to uh, Commissioner Dr. Dennis Thomas, Reverend Dr. Dennis Thomas, coming up uh, in about 15 minutes or so. Um, Other thing, have you guys, and I know it's a a lot of TV. I've been watching a lot of TV, y'all. I had, I don't know, I don't know where all this time has come from, but I had the opportunity of uh, checking out this show on uh, Lifetime. You know, a few weeks ago, I was telling you about this show. I was all caught up in um, about the uh, man. I can't think of that show that was about the uh, the most controversial uh, rap songs or whatever it was. Uh, but this well, uh, show that I've been watching on Lifetime is called Hopelessly in Love. And how did they reel me into a show called Hopelessly in Love? Well, they reeled me in because they had an episode about Andre Bad Moon Rising. And Lisa left I Lopez. And of course, that story originated right here in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, if you if you are my age, maybe a little younger, but definitely older, man, you remember that man. They were the original Bobby and Whitney. They were, I mean, oh boy, they were crazy. They were crazy. And if you haven't seen it, you got to go back and watch it, man. They, yeah, they talk about the house fire and how all of that stuff happened. And, you know, the fire that burnt down his house, y'all know that was actually fire number two so yeah you you got to check that out also um they did one on uh faith and biggie faith evans and and christopher wallace you know something that was another relationship that people were all caught up in back in the day and so uh they they did a spotlight on that as well and so you got to make sure you check it out it's called hopelessly in love on lifetime yeah man wow It, it was unbelievable now everybody's been telling me about this aaron hernandez thing I haven't had the opportunity to check it out because I've been too busy watching this show called The Circle on Netflix. It's a game show. Not sure how many of you have watched The Circle, but man, as you can see, I've been watching a whole, 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 whole lot of TV. <laughs> and speaking of TV. They say this is a big, rich town. Ooh. <laughs> man, have y'all been watching? Oh, my God. Now, last week, we were going to talk about this last week, but it was just so much stuff going on on the show that we really didn't have a chance to to talk about it. But here's what we know so far, if you're a Power fan. Here's what we know. We know that Dre didn't do it. We know that Paz didn't do it. Now, a lot of folks out there still kind of iffy about the Tate thing. Um, Tariq, Tasha... A lot of folks saying Ramona could have possibly been the one to pull the trigger on Ghost, but I'm just going to be real with y'all, man. Ghost dead. Ghost dead, y'all. I'm a member of this uh, this spoiler group, this power spoiler group. Man, I saw the video. I got the video. You know, it's about a 45-second clip, man. It shows what we'll probably see uh, tomorrow or tonight if you're like me and have the, uh, the Stars app. But uh, if you'd like to see... Those shocking 45 seconds. You know what you got to do, man. Hit me up on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at HBCU Report. Or you can always email me at HBCU Report, excuse me, at gmail.com. 
And uh, I'll shoot that to you if you want to see it. Now, you just can't tell CK that I'm out here letting folks see what the, the, the 45 seconds. You can't let CK know that. Courtney Kemp, that is. But, uh, man, this thing is shaping up to be unbelievable. A lot of folks out there saying that they don't really, they're not really digging the perspectives that they're giving right now on power, but I think it's awesome. So uh, I'll be watching. Uh, I'll be watching tonight, as a matter of fact, midnight, because I got the Stars app. Yeah, I, I got to see it early, man. I can't wait until uh, Sunday night to check it out. So there it is. If you want to see the 45 seconds, if y'all want to see the ghost is really dead, holla at your boy. Holla at me at HBCU Report, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, I'm telling y'all, man, y'all better be tuned in. I can't lie, man. I'm actually waiting for, um, uh, what is it? The Book of Ghost, Power 2. I'm not sure if it's a prequel or what it is, but yeah, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway hanging out with you. Oh, another Saturday morning. Thank you guys for tuning in to the show. Still to come, we will be joined by the commissioner of the MEAC, Dr. Dennis Thomas, who is a member of the class of 2020, headed into the Black College Football Hall of Fame in just a few short weeks. And so uh, we'll be talking to him coming up in the third segment. And, uh, you know, all that good stuff, man. Can't wait. Can't wait. Don't forget, um, next weekend is going down, man. And we'll talk more about it coming up uh, in the next segment. But the Honda Battle of the Bands makes their triumphant return to the ATL Uh, Next Saturday, Benedict, Jackson State, FAMU, Tennessee State, Grambling, Hampton, North Carolina A&T, and Prairie View going to be in the house. You know, you're going to be there. How many folks looking forward to this Honda thing? I look forward to it every year because, of course, I'm a self-admitted band geek. Yeah, I love the band. I love the band. But, uh, yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. So we'll talk more about that uh, coming up. But on the other side, you know what I really want to talk about? And I hope we get enough folks jumping in the chat room. Uh, I want to talk about um, HBCUs and blue chip basketball players. Uh, because this week, uh, North Carolina Central, North Carolina Ante did uh, something. Hmm, not sure how it's going to really work. It's, more, it's almost just like throwing out, you know, how you fish and you just throw the reel out there and you just hope something bites. Well, yeah, they did something like that this week. And uh, we're going to talk about it. Just the what ifs. Just the what ifs. This is the HBCU Report. I am Rob Calloway, and we will be right back after these words. It was a goal that I wanted to achieve from the very beginning. I'm a 40-year-old man that walked in there to get his high school diploma. I wasn't sure if I could do it. It was very hard for me, but the teachers, the counselors, they help you. One of the teachers was Miss Araceli. Miss Araceli, she gave me direction. Every single time I had a question, she'll put down whatever she's doing and she'll come over and she'll sit there with you until you get it. At age 47, with the help of his teacher, Marco finished his high school diploma. 50% of getting your high school diploma is walking through those doors. The other 50% is doing the work. Getting your high school diploma, it is a life-changing experience. It really is. It catapults you to where you want to go. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Okay, men, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you going to do? You're going to go grocery shopping. Cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. You gotta dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. I know you won't. Because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there. And be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. 
Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org slash caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. HBCU sports fans, you finally have a voice. The HBCU experience lives here. This is the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. It's some goods in this house. It's some goods in this house. If you see them, point them out. If you see them, point them out. It's some goods in this house. It's some goods in this house. If you see them, point them out. If you see them, point them out. I like them goods with them goals in their mouth. I need them goods that represent that dirty sound. I like them goods with them big, big butts. That need them goods better let your boy cut This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway hanging out with you. Thank you guys for tuning in. Second segment underway. Man, guess who celebrated a birthday this week? None other than Lil Jon. Yeah. Kind of hard to believe that Lil Jon is 49, man. Man, it was a big week for celebrity birthdays, as a matter of fact, man. We had uh, Lil Jon. We had my girl, uh, Michelle Obama, former first lady. She turned 56 this week. Unbelievable, man. Black don't crack, right? Uh, D-Wade uh, celebrated a birthday this week. The late great GOAT, Muhammad Ali, celebrated a birthday this week. Uh, Steve Harvey. Yeah, Steve. It's my guy right there. One of the original kings of comedy celebrated his birthday as well this week, man. So, you know, happy birthday to everybody. Everybody uh, listen to this show if it's your birthday. Yeah, happy birthday to you, too. But, uh, man, you know, I was uh, just going through all these Lil Jon songs, trying to, you know, find a song to commemorate Lil Jon's birthday. And the God honest truth is, man, it is so freaking hard to just find one Lil Jon song. Like, for real, for real. Like, man, like, Lil Jon has at least 50 songs that are bangers. I mean, unbelievable. But this right here... This was one of the first songs that when I heard this, I was like, oh, yeah, Lil Jon, that's my guy because I love them girls with them piercings in their tongue. <laughs> HBCU Report, Rob Calloway hanging out with you guys, man. Now, uh, before we went to break, you know, I was uh, I kind of teased it a little bit uh, about some stuff that North Carolina Central and North Carolina A&T uh, were involved in this week, and it was all, it was all, I'm not gonna say fun and games, but I mean, I don't really know what to call it. Now, uh, this kind of, I don't know, I wanna say it kind of piggybacks off of something I saw on Twitter earlier this week. Uh, big shouts out to uh, Stephen Gaither of uh, HBCUGameDay.com. You know, they have, um, they actually have two TV shows that air on Aspire, on the Aspire Network, one during football season, one during basketball season, and so uh, the one that's currently being aired on Aspire. It's fast break. Uh, the basketball, the college basketball program, Sundays at 1.30. Make sure you check them out. Shouts out to uh, HBCU Game Day. But um, Stephen tweeted earlier this week that nobody really cares about HBCU basketball. Well, he kind of has a point. He kind of has a point. I mean, I'm not going to say that HBCU basketball is irrelevant because, of course, we have things like the CIAA a tournament that brings in bukus of people and bukus of revenue. Uh, we also have the SIAC tournament that does really, really well. Um, so I'm not going to say people don't pay attention. Maybe they don't pay attention until tournament time. But just what if? What if? What if HBCUs, a one HBCU could land a top tier high school recruit? What if? You know, because this is what we have to think about. You know, and uh, in the NFL, there are, you know, I'm not going to say a lot, but there are a good number of guys that represent HBCUs uh, in the NFL. Damn sure in the Hall of Fame. We just had three more that were selected, and we're going to talk about uh, those guys uh, coming up here in just a little bit. But, um, you know, 
HBCUs in basketball. Oh, especially professional basketball. It doesn't really work like that. What do I mean? Well, what I mean is, you know, not sure how many people actually realize this, but there, there have only in the last few years, there have only been two players that have been drafted out of HBCUs into the National Basketball Association, one being Cal O'Quinn out of Norfolk State, the other being Robert Covington out of Tennessee State University. But what if, what if, if Bronny, LeBron James Jr., what if he did accept this scholarship offer that was, uh, that was offered to him earlier this week by North Carolina Central University? What if he did? You know, what if um, Zaire Wade, uh, D. Wade's boy, and Shy Odom, not sure if that's Lamar Odom's kid or not, but uh, what, if, what if they accepted the scholarship offers that uh, North Carolina A&T uh, gave them this week? What if? I'm just saying, what if? Now, we're not sure where Brandy James is going to be in the next few years as far as our recruiting status. I mean, he could be the next big thing. I mean, you know, they're going to hype it up like that anyway. But, I mean, come on now. What if one of these game changers was actually on campus? Now, we've seen some schools be able to get guys to come in for their official visits. Things didn't really turn out that well. But we're talking about a sport, and I'm not really sure the number, but I'm just going to throw throw a number out there and see if it sticks. I'm going to say 90%. 90% of the National Basketball Association is African-American. I'm sure that if I had my crack staff right here with me, I'm sure I'd be able to get the accurate numbers, but I'm just going to say 90, just to be safe. 90% of the National Basketball Association is African-American, which would seem like maybe it could be a pipeline for guys coming out of HBCUs. Not so much. I mean, kind of like, um, kind of like the NFL, you know, we, as I mentioned, we got guys from HBCUs in uh, the national football league, but I mean, not, not as many as, as it should be, you know, no way. I mean, Southern had a kid. Um, I can't even think of the boy's name right now. Oh my God. Running back a couple years ago, two years ago. He broke all these SWAT rushing records, Southern University rushing records. You think that kid got a shot? Man, I think he's in the XFL right now. Man, what is this kid? I can't I can't think of his name right now. It's bothering me too. But um, you know, what if? You know, I'm just throwing it out there. You know, it's one of those things where um a guy like Bryony James, and I'm just gonna use him for an example. Not to say that he's the best high school player and you know in the country right now, but what if, what if he did become the best? And what if he did accept an offer from a school like North Carolina central? What if, I mean, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, this is what we have to, what we have to remember is that in basketball, it's such an individual sport. It's a team sport, but it's such an individual sport that if you are the best player in high school basketball, and you go to Central, or you go to A&T, or you go to FAM, or Bethune, or Bama State, or Alabama A&M, or any of those schools, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think that, that magically you're going to, you know, lose your talent? No. Now, what's not going to happen is that you're not going to just go to, a, you know, the Final Four. Now, that part probably wouldn't happen. But what would happen is that the national media would be following you around. Think about it. Murray State, which is a PWI, but just think about them. Now we hear about Murray State in the in the tournament and all of that stuff, but last year, what was it about Murray State? Was it Murray State? I think so. What was it about Murray State that we kept hearing about? I'll wait. Yeah, it was Ja Morant. That's all we kept hearing about was this kid, Ja Morant, right? His highlights were ridiculous. You know, they were saying he was going to be a next-level player in the NBA, and damn it if he isn't. Is he? Yeah, he is. And so the God and his truth is all we need is one Ja Morant to come to the SWAC, the MEAC, the SIAC, the CIAA, or School of Independent like Tennessee State. And it kind of changes, it kind of changes things, kind of changes the perception because now the national media is in your building because you have this kid. Now, yeah, he's going to be one and done. Yes, he is. 
But what ends up happening is, is that it sets a trend. It sets a trend to show these players like, hey, you know, if you only plan on going to school for a semester or, you know, for, for a one full year, yeah, if you go to a HBCU, the same people that were looking at you if you were at Duke or North Carolina, going to be the same scouts looking at you at these HBCUs. Real talk. Because it's the player. It has nothing to do with the school. No, I get it. You know, these big-time high school basketball players, they want to go somewhere where it's flashing lights and, you know, folks losing their mind. I mean, I get it. There's no place like playing at Cam- Cameron Indoor Arena. The, or the Dean Dome, or um, uh, I was about to say, uh, I can't even think of the name of McCamish Pavilion here at Georgia Tech. You know, it's nothing like playing at those places, and I get it. You know, you're all over ESPN, you're doing this, you're doing that. But again, if a, a player like Brianie James, if he came out and was the top player in high school basketball and he chose an HBCU, you think ESPN is going to not be on the campus? Yeah, you better believe they're going to be there. It's Brandy James, for God's sake. I mean, you know, when my folks are from up in Emerson, Georgia, up in North Georgia, Cartersville, you know, they have this place up there called Lake Point, and Lake Point is a phenomenal athletic facility, and they do all kinds of things out there, volleyball, softball, Nike. They do their summer basketball stuff up there. But it was just last summer, Brandy James was there, his dad was there, and everybody was losing their mind. The same thing at HBCUs. It could happen. And then, Lord forbid, you get a group of guys like the Fab Five to say, hey, you know what? We want to go to a HBCU and we go make it happen. Now you're talking about making it to a Final Four. But, you know, just the what ifs, man. Just, just the what ifs. That's all I'm doing, just throwing the, the what ifs out there because, uh, you know, we know it's going to be really, really hard to try to convince, you know, any of these guys at that level that they should um that they should you know really go to an HBCU it's going to you know it's going to be really hard i get it i get it they don't have all the glitz and glam like you know playing for a school like duke i get it i do trust me i do but what what i do know is is that one player that's all it really takes is one player to open up the floodgates and then there'll be like that old gospel song who in the hell left the gate open yeah Anyway, HBCU Report, Rob Calloway hanging out with you. Coming up on, in the next segment, we will be joined by the commissioner of the MEAC, Dr. Dennis Thomas, who is headed into the Black College Football Hall of Fame as we continue uh, our spotlight of the class of 2020, Black College Hall of Fame class of 2020. Oh, man, I can't wait. Next month's induction ceremony is going to be phenomenal. Going to be phenomenal, man. This is the HBCU Report still to come. Bama State has moved homecoming. Have you have you heard? Well, if you haven't, we're going to talk about it in the fourth and final segment. And also, uh, we talked about it briefly. Three HBCU alum headed into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. Uh, we'll talk about that as well before we get up out of here. Uh, this is the HBCU Report. Dr. Dennis Thomas coming up on the other side. The HBCU experience lives here. The HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. We'll be right back. Hey, hon. What you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No. I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry. I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. All right, everybody in the car. Let's go. What are we going to do first when we get there, Mom? Go for a hike? Sure. What about canoeing? Can we go canoeing, too? I don't see why. How long does it take to get to the forest? It's not that far, sweetie. (sighs) Are we there yet? Yep, we're here. Already? It's a short drive from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. It's the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway being joined on the line right now by a good friend of the show, commissioner of the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, none other than Dr. Dennis Thomas, headed into the Black College Football Hall of Fame. So first of all, Commissioner, 
Uh, thank you for joining us on the show, and congratulations on the uh, Black College uh, Hall of Fame induction. Thank you very much, uh, Rob. It's it's a uh, honor that I'm very humbled by, and to be in a select group of of the best of the best is is, is truly uh, an honor, and I'm most appreciative of the selection committee for for recognizing some of my achievements and uh i am i'm humbled by it well man you know you are mr hbcu i mean a lot of folks might not know but i mean you got your footprint in the swag you got your footprint in the ciaa you got your footprint in the MEAC. i mean dude you are you have been mr everything to uh to the hbcu community and uh you know like i said i just you know first of all i'd like to thank you man because uh, there are a lot of things that, that you spearheaded that, you know, might have gone unnoticed. I mean, I know you're not a guy that, that likes a whole lot of rah-rah uh, and notoriety, but uh, I, I guess one of the biggest things that, that you're responsible for is actually um, spearheading this whole Celebration Bowl thing that, that is really taking off. Yes, uh, and thank you for that. Um, back in 2005, I presented the idea to ESPN about having a postseason bowl game. And ESPN indicated they, have, they would have to get back with me. Uh, but but I, had, I had a vision that if we could bring on uh, a multimedia company like ESPN, Fox, CBS, NBC, that that really would be a shot in the arm for for uh, the MEAC and the SWAC uh, in terms of, of our branding, in terms of our marketing promotion, in terms of recruiting for students and student-athletes. ESPN came back and, and said, okay, uh, we like the idea. And so uh, I didn't think I would have any problem with my membership, so I went back membership and membership said that uh, they wanted to keep our AQ. So that was kind of disappointing. And uh, For the next decade, I kept perseverance. And finally, um, we were able to get it done because SWAC didn't have a problem because they didn't have an AQ. And so Absolutely. And uh, this was year five of the Celebration Bowl. And, uh, you know, one of the best ones yet. I mean, that was one exciting game, man. But um, I I was talking to uh, Joe Taylor last week. We had Coach Joe Taylor on the show last week. A guy that that you know really well. And, um, you know, we were talking about Hampton. And, you know, Hampton being a part of the CIAA and then going through the transition of, of going to the MEAC and, of course, he let me know that that was something that you spearheaded because, like I said, you are all things HBCU. Um, but just talk to us briefly, not, not only about, uh, like, the old CIAA, but just the whole process of, of taking a, uh, a university like Hampton uh, from a Division Two conference to, to, you know, what was known as Division, what, Division One AA, now FCS. So what was that whole process like? Well, first, um, we were very successful at Division Two level in the CIAA. Dr. Harvey, the president of Hampton, asked me about do some analysis of what it would take to uh, move to or reclassify to Division One, and um, I did the analysis and I did all the. Uh, all the statistical information, all the financial information, all the scholarships information, all the staffing information, all the analytics and all that stuff. And uh, and I presented it uh, to uh, President Harvey, and uh, he made a decision that that's where he wanted Hampton to be. And so we started the application process 
and uh, uh, we were able to uh, meet the Division One criteria and uh, had a smooth transition. We were one of the one of the few institutions who made a smooth transition in terms of of uh, graduation rates, in terms of one loss records. Uh, we were admitted into the MEAC in 1995, September 1, and we won championships uh, in football uh, uh, the year later. And so it's been it's been quite a quite an experience. So uh, I would have to say that it all originated from. Uh, the vision of uh, President Harvey wanted to move Hampton from Division Two to uh, Division One, and I was director of athletics at Hampton at the time, so it was my responsibility to ensure that that it happened. Mm-hmm. Now, and Joe Taylor and we had a heck of a staff at Hampton. Uh, we won a lot of championships. <laughs> uh, not only with uh, Coach Taylor, but uh, with uh, Pat Bibbs and uh, Steve Murphell and Dr. Screen and uh, uh, Track and Field uh, as well. So we, we, we uh, tiny Coach Tiny Lasner and softball and we won championship in volleyball across the board. So we made, we made a very successful uh, transition. Absolutely. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway on the line right now with Dr. Dennis Thomas. He is the commissioner of the MEAC, headed into the Black College Football Hall of Fame next month. Um, now, Commissioner, a lot of folks don't know this about you. Of course, you know, to the heart, you're a swag guy. You know, you're a swag guy, Alcorn. Um, I just got to put that out there. You know, you got these East Coast, you all tied up in the East Coast, but well, we claim you in the swag. Um you know, we live in a, a, a time and, and, you know, you know, I'm a, a educator and, you know, I'm always talking to my kids, you know, especially the, the uh, student athletes. You know, they get so caught up in the how many stars they have and all of that kind of crap, you know. But a lot of folks don't realize that, dude, you were on the campus of Alcorn State at what, the age 16, 17 years old? Um, 16. 16. So you were really a boy amongst men. Um, talk to us about that experience because, see, I don't think that's any uh, an experience that a lot of these kids could even wrap their heads around being sixteen year old on a, on a college campus, you know, playing football. Well, first and foremost, I found out what a real man was like. <laughs> <laughs> because, man, they had some full grown men down there at, at Alcorn, man, and and I was, uh, and I thought I was pretty good. You know, and so uh, they taught me a lot, and they took you know from 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 the physical uh, aspect of it. Those guys were were veterans uh, of the military, and, and uh, they were twenty, twenty one, twenty two years old, man, and they were bringing it, and and so I had to adjust what I was doing. And, and, and hit another gear in terms of uh, being able to compete. And so I found out what, what, what college uh, football was all about in, in a hurry. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and uh, uh, i never forget, uh, we had preseason practice, you know, and, and, uh, uh, and we would practice three times a day. Now, you have to, you're limited to 20 hours of practice. Mm-hmm. Heck, uh, uh, we would, if we would apply those same rules back when I was playing, we have to start practice on Tuesday. Wow. You know? <laughs> so, 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 so uh, but that, that was back then. But uh, uh, it was a great experience uh, in my life. Uh-huh. It opened up my eyes to to what you needed to do in order to be successful, but also to sustain success. Absolutely. Now, 
with all of the great things that you've done, you know, as a student athlete, uh, as a head coach, South Carolina State University, as an uh, athletic director, and now as, as a commissioner of the MEAC, uh, what does it mean to be going into the uh, Black College Football Hall of Fame? Well, first and foremost, uh, I have to uh, give my mother and father credit, Russell and Marjorie Thomas, uh, for setting the foundation. Uh, and uh, to answer your question about what it means to me, it means that I'm standing on, on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. And, and from there... I was prepared intellectually. I was prepared uh, emotionally. I was prepared spiritually. I was I was prepared academically uh, to be successful. And it started with with Russell and Marjorie Thompson. And then uh, from there, uh, I was just laying additional bricks to the foundation. Wow. And uh, so uh, that really uh, taught me a lot from middle school, elementary school, high school, uh, high school coaches. Archie Cooley was one of the assistant coaches uh, in my high school. Archie the Gunslinger Cooley, who coached Jerry Rice and mm-hmm. Willie Todd, he was a high school assistant coach uh, at Hallaberg High School, and so uh, this, this this means a lot to what they inculcated in me. Coach Marino Castle, uh, uh, he was one of a kind of a coach. The legend. Absolutely. And uh, I, I call it, you know, uh, after my mother and father, I had so many people laying bricks in, uh, on the foundation for me to be successful. And um, and I'm just uh, uh, pleased that I had the right people uh, that influenced my mind and my attitude. Mm. about how you go about doing things as a person and as a, as a professional. Wow. Great stuff. Woo. That's great stuff right there. Commissioner. Now, before I go, everybody that I've talked to, cause I talked to, uh, talked to coach Taylor. I also talked with, uh, Earl air Harvey, former quarterback up there in North Carolina central. And, um, I, I asked them to give me their top three, uh, all-time HBCU players. So I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to ask you the same thing, Coach. Give me give me your three top players. It, it don't matter what conference, what decade, just the three top players or coaches. Well, you you you, you mean uh, players that I've seen or players I played against? Either it don't matter. Just just whoever is your greatest, your top three. It could be coaches or players. It don't matter. We're just talking about the HBCU culture. Well. Um, Coach Castle, uh, Marino Castle, who who coached me, and I worked for him as an assistant coach and then defensive coordinator. Um, that's that's one person. Now, um, I would have to say Ronell Young. Ronnell Young was the uh, first player that I recruited that was the number one draft choice. Mm. And he was the number one draft choice for the Philadelphia Eagles back in 1980. And um, I, I, I would also have to, I, I also have to say Leslie Frazier. He was a a defensive back for Alcorn that I recruited. And Leslie uh, played on the Chicago Bears team as a defensive back when he won the Super Bowl. That when the Bears won the Super Bowl that year with 
Mike Dixon and all the rest mm-hmm. of those folks. And um, now, let me let let me digress for a moment and tell you about the people who impacted me as as a student athlete. Okay. We played Tennessee State in in Soldier Field. Uh, Tutal Jones was was on that team, and Rob. That's when I found out. You know, I thought I was pretty that good. Okay, <laughs> until you line up against Ed Tutal Jones. <laughs> okay, I, I played center, and uh, Ed was that defense tackle. Yeah, and. Um, and I held my own. You got me. I held my own. But that's when I found out what the next level was. Mm, and when 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 I this was in the third or fourth quarter, I came off the field with my my, my homeboy, which I played high school football with, played a right guard, and he was uh, pro potential as well. I told him, I said, hey, let me tell you something. I said, you and uh, Too Tall Jones, you're on the next level. I said, uh, I'm not the next level. And I said, when I get back to Alcorn, I'm not going to miss a day of class. I said, I'm going to get my education. I'm going to get the hell off. (laughs) And and, 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 um, uh, that's one. Two was Big Hand Johnson from Grambling. He was a first-round draft choice. He was on the same All-American team with me, Pittsburgh Carriers. And uh, uh, Grambling played the 6-1 defense, so that wasn't anybody over the center. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I, uh, so I would, on pass protection, I would drop back, look to my left, look to my right, and see if anybody needed any help. So I was in the huddle, and I asked him. I asked my uh, lineman, you know, I said, "Man, if, if if somebody needs some help when I snap the ball, then I can I can help you out right quick." And then uh, all four linemen raised their hand, everybody and I told myself, "I said, hell, I can't help everybody." <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so. Too tall, Jones. Big ass Johnson was uh, was uh, influential in me determining what the next level was. Great story, great story. Well, you know what? I thank those two, man, because you know what? Had those two not shown you what the next level was, you know, South Carolina State would have never benefited from having you as a coach. Hampton would have never benefited as having you as athletic director. The MEAC would have never benefited from uh, or be benefiting right now from having you as a commissioner. So, you know, we got to thank those guys that they showed you what time it was, man. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, great stuff, man. Commissioner Dennis Thomas. Uh, Commissioner, thank you so much for for joining us on the show. And thank you for uh, braving the weather a few weeks ago to join us on Radio Row uh, during the Celebration Ball, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah, my pleasure, and I appreciate you, Rob, uh, for really uh, branding and supporting and promoting and marketing HBCU. We, we really uh, appreciate it. No problem, man. Well, hey, I look forward to uh, I look forward to seeing you at the induction ceremony, okay? Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, man. Have a good day. The HBCU experience lives here. The HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. We'll be right back. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. Waking up every day, lifting him from the bed to the wheelchair to the car to get him to therapy on time. It's no small task between the doctors and the diagnosis, but nothing can disable this love. This is my big brother, my hero. He's part of me, like my arms and legs. So I'll be his. (laughs) 
See, there's no time for tired. This starts again tomorrow. He'll be waiting for me. I wake up for him. I know he needs me, but I'm the lucky one. Even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org/caregiving for care guides and community, or call 877-333-5885. Caregiving Resource Center. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry, I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. From Clark, Atlanta to Morehouse to Spelman, it's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. Callaway for the final segment underway. Now, I know y'all like, uh, Rob, Return of the Mac. Yeah, man. Now, y'all know, if, if you listen to the show on a regular basis, y'all know that when I play Return of the Mac, you know it's during uh, football season, homecoming, classic season. Well, man, homecoming came early this week. Yes, it did. Bama State faithful rejoice. Our prayers have been answered. Ladies and gentlemen, all praises go to Jennifer Lynn Williams, athletic director, Alabama State University. Man, oh man. Let me turn this up one more time. Just get in the homecoming feel. Ooh. Magic City Classic. Ooh. Yeah, man, we got a gift this week. Hornet Nation got a gift. Now, uh, for those of you that don't know, Bama State. Bama State, Bama State, oh, mother dear. Again, we come to thee. Yes, yes. Um, Bama State, our homecoming, um, traditionally, has been on Thanksgiving, the uh, Turkey Day Classic, which is the oldest classic in the history of HBCUs. Okay, so let's not get that twisted. You know, we're definitely on the right side of history on that point. But here's the thing. So many people, you know, not so many people, but everybody, for the most part, celebrates homecoming at the end of September, throughout the month of October, or maybe right at the beginning of November. Not Bama State. Bama State takes that thing all the way to the very last game of the season. You know, which is good for those that live in Alabama that have made that a Thanksgiving tradition, the Turkey Day Classic, that is. But not so much for me and my contingency here in Atlanta. You know, we've been begging, not just us, everybody, you know, big shouts out to uh, Dr. Gwendolyn Boyd, former president, Alabama State University. Uh, she made some changes a few years ago that ended up costing her her job. Yeah, she moved. She moved the Turkey Day Classic. She moved the game up a week, if I'm not mistaken. So it wasn't on Thanksgiving. And then the Bama State faithful lost their minds and she ended up losing her job. But uh, I think that uh, Jennifer Lynn Williams, uh, athletic director, has got this. She's got it right. You don't move the Turkey Day Classic. You leave it on Thanksgiving for those that love the Turkey Day Classic. Because one thing about black folks, we believe in tradition. Bama State, one of their slogans is a heritage and a proud tradition. Of a proud tradition, excuse me. And so uh, you can't move that Turkey Day thing. But what she did was she actually moved homecoming. Now, you can move homecoming. Moved it to October. October 10th would be the date uh, this coming year. Versus Southern University, man, this thing is going to be bananas. 
everybody's already been booking their room. Shouts out uh, to my crew. Shouts out to uh, K-Rock. Shouts out to uh, Freeman. Boys already booked those rooms. Saw my homeboy Deron last night. He was like, oh, I booked my room already. Shouts out to uh, my girl, uh, Yvette Sloan. She already booked too. And guess who else did too? This guy right here. Can't see it, but my hand is up. Already booked and ready for homecoming. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. So, again, man, it's going to be a, a great time. I'm really excited about this. And uh, it just goes to show that we can break tradition. We can break tradition and everybody will be okay. Just okay. I promise you. I promise you. All right. So, um, a couple things of news and note before we get up out of here. As I mentioned in the uh, second segment, uh, we have a couple guys going into uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Harold Carmichael, Southern University, um, 1971-83 with the Pittsburgh Steelers, played 84 with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he's headed in Winston Hill, Texas Southern. He played in the AFL and the NFL from 63 to 76. Uh, and then he was with the Jets, looked like, uh, what, in 76. And then that was his last team. And then he played with the Rams in 77. So I guess that must have been the NFL. Um, Donny Shell, oh, Donny Shell. Shouts out to Donny Shell. Headed into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, representing South Carolina State University, who now has either four or five Hall of Famers uh, enshrined in Canton, uh, 74 to 87, with one team, and you know what team that was, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So shouts out to uh, Donny Shell, Winston Hill, Harold Carmichael. Uh, man, these are big honors, and it speaks volumes for uh, the HBCU community. So congratulations to those guys. Also, before we get up out of here, don't forget next weekend, it's all about the Honda Battle of the Bands, and so will this show. Uh, we will be talking with several of the uh, director of bands uh, from the participating schools on next week's show. Uh, Benedict, Jackson State, FAMU, Tennessee State, Grambling, Hampton, North Carolina A&T, and Prairie View A&M uh, are going to be in the house next weekend. Tickets are still on sale. You Make sure you get them. It's going to be a packed house at the Benz. I promise you that, you know, because FAMU making their triumphant return to Atlanta. It's been 10 years, ladies and gentlemen, 10 years since Atlanta, Georgia has seen the marching 100. And so, uh, yeah, that's going to be big. And not to mention that, you know, one of their direct rivals, Tennessee State. Lord, man, if you're from Atlanta, you remember those games in Atlanta, FAM and Tennessee State. Yeah, so Tennessee State is going to be there. Two guys I know really well, uh, Dr. Shelby Chipman, director of bands at Florida A&M, and then my guy, Reginald McDonald. Dr. Reginald McDonald, uh, former director of bands, Southwest DeKalb High School, uh, Bama State alum, uh, just a class act. Shouts out to him. Uh, also, Prairie View A&M. Yeah, my uh, former uh, college director, assistant director of bands, Ralph Chapman, is uh, over there, so good times there. And uh, shout, just shouts out to all the band programs, man. You know, the world fame Grambling Tigers going to be in the house. You know, not one school from Alabama is representing this year, but it's okay. It's okay. You know, we'll be back next year. But what I will say is, as long as Tuskegee didn't get in, I don't care. Because we know they have the crappiest band in Alabama. Shots fired. Yeah, shots fired. Yeah, so there's that part. There's that part. Um, And finally, before we get up out of here, man, um... Mars Brown College, Mars Brown College. If you've heard uh, me talk about Mars Brown on this show, you know it's near and dear to me. My mom and dad, both alum of uh, Mars Brown College. If it hadn't been for NBC, there would be no me. Yeah. And so uh, Mars Brown is actually going through what they call a heart reset campaign where they're trying to, uh, you know, do everything that they possibly can to get back on the right track. They had a $4 million debt uh, that was uh, actually forgiven I think that was last week or two weeks ago. And um, so they're on the right path. And so coming up, maybe not next week, because we're really uh, going to be talking um, Honda Battle of the Bands next week. But definitely the following week, I, um, I'm i looking to get the interim president of Mars Brown College on, Kevin James, uh, to discuss the Heart Reset campaign and everything and, and you know, whatever it is that, that people can do to help Mars Brown College. So, uh, we're hopeful that we can have him on within uh, within the next two weeks. And so, um, yeah, man, Mars Brown College. A lot of folks thought Mars Brown was gone, man, but uh, they're coming back. They're, they'll be back. They'll be back. So that about do it for this week's edition of the HBCU Report. I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in, however you may be listening. Shouts out to the X-Squad affiliates. 
Yeah, man. Without you guys out there in the listening audience, there would be no HBCU report. Uh, don't forget, when we're not here, we're there. There is sportsnewsandbrews.com, our official content partner, uh, your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. Uh, don't forget, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HBCU Report. Man, once again, man, shouts out to the X-Squad affiliates for holding me down. Boy, Kesey go say, Rob, you must have got a sponsor. Hell no, I don't have a sponsor, Kesey. I don't. You, you are my sponsor. <laughs> oh, this has been the HBCU Report. You guys have a great weekend. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details.